It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce fumbling at the horn. It's gone. Morris, Ball, Neal, and Gortat. Porter can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. Harden gets Bradley for three. Welcome to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I am Quentin Mayo at TOQM underscore on Twitter and on Instagram, one half of the Locked On Wizards podcast, and today we have a double take pod. So, I just wanted to talk about, um, well, actually, before we get started, as you may know, the Wizards won 123-106 over the Philadelphia 76ers, excuse me, I cannot talk today, over the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, last night, which was the second game in a home-and-home series um, and the second night of a back-to-back. The night before that, they lost 115-132, and the GOAT, my boy Shamit, came off the bench with 29 points in eight three-pointers. But that's behind us. You're only as good as your recent endeavors. So here we are. Bradley Beal went off last night. He scored 34 points. Am I right on that? 37 points. Let me not cut him short. No, I was right. 34 points on uh, 61% shooting. He knocked down six of his 11 threes, and he had a heck of a game. But Otto Porter also did his thing um, off the bench. He did get his minutes restrictions lifted from 20 minutes, and he played 33. And um, he was really impressive last night. And I some people gave me a little bit of flack on Twitter because I was saying um, – so let me get this straight. Otto Porter off the bench is very productive, and he, that would just make him a very good role player. So you know how I feel about the Wizards. Y'all have heard my takes, um, especially my takes on Otto and Bill and and uh, John. 
But um, they definitely got to find a way to move Otto. I know it's not popular to talk about after he had such a good game, but I feel as though I'm talking kind of off my Max Kellerman here. You want to play? You want to trade players a year early rather than a year late. Um, and this already might be a year late. They could have let him go and had a a good amount of cap space instead of him giving up that um taking up that 160 million dollar contract but um this only benefits the wizards the better he plays before the trade line creeps around the corner trade deadline creeps around the corner he becomes more and more valuable he's working back from injury and um yeah i think the last time we did this podcast together uh beck and i I predicted that the wizards would not win a single game in the next six games uh um in the next six games then they immediately go and blow out the Oklahoma City Thunder, they get blown out by the 76ers, but then they blow out the 76ers the next night. So I think I'm 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 cursing them. So maybe I should say they'll win the next six because at this point we know it's a lost season. Um, if you look at the top eight teams in the East, the Wizards just aren't better than any of those teams right now. Um, coaching, talent, it's, they're just not better. Now, if you have a healthy wall, healthy Bill, healthy Auto, healthy Marquise, Keith, and um, a healthy Dwight Howard then maybe, just maybe they can compete, and that's what we all thought we were getting this season, but we didn't, and we aren't, so they're just not as good, so this is the time where you trade some players away, Otto Porter, um, well, you can't move Markeith because he won't be back before the trade deadline, but you got to move Otto and maybe Trevor Reese and get some pieces, and let's build towards this this draft, man. We got some talented, talented guys like Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, Bow Bow, some really talented kids coming out of the draft. It's tank season. But back to the game, I got on a little bit of a tangent there, and I'm not going to be here too long because Beck is holding it down for the other 10 minutes of this podcast. Um, I just want to talk about some things that I liked and some things that I didn't like, and I'm already at the, what, I'm already at the three-minute mark here, so I'll make it quick. Y'all know how I can get long-winded. Um, I loved what I saw from Otto Porter. He was finding his shot all night long. I mean, um, it's the best we've seen Otto Porter play in quite some time. 33 minutes looked really good for him. Um, I don't know if it's because he's coming off the bench and he's facing a, a lesser um, opposition because they're bench players out there instead of he's instead of going against these starters. I don't know. Or maybe he was just feeling good last night, but he even had a little AI as he crawls um, early on the game and uh, he got a little ankle breaker. So and he's knocking down mid range shots. So it was good to see Otto Porter um, back in the swing of things. And he only shot one uh, made one of his three three point attempts. But everything else was coming at the rim. It was coming in the mid-range game. He had a little floater going on. He just looked really good. And it looks as though his knee um, soreness and all that that went into that, it looks like it's in the past. And uh, that's something the Wizards, I guess, can look forward to. I don't know how forward the Wizards fans are looking to that because everybody I've seen on Twitter are saying, wow, the Wizards are, need to get their act together and stop winning so many games. Stop being competitive. Stop winning games. It's time to tank. The season is over. But it's like... When we thought the season was over and it's in the it's in the tank, they were like, okay, let's go as hard as we possibly can. So that was that. But you have to also think about the Philadelphia 76ers have been going through a lot of um turmoil themselves. Not only do they have the um the Jimmy Butler issue going on where it looks as though Jimmy Butler is questioning Brett Brown and his trade rumors surrounding him again and things of that nature. He's not happy and um they're trying to people I think Zach Lowe did an article today talking about um, stop trying to to break up the 76ers prematurely. But then another article I think I read from David Aldridge was talking about how it may be time for them to go. So it's kind of weird uh, to see what the 76ers are going through. They just 
they just haven't really been in the flow. I mean, they're 27 and 15, but they, they're supposed to be way better. I mean, Ben Simmons, he didn't he didn't wow me at all last night. He finished with 15 points and 10 rebounds and 8 assists, but he had 7 turnovers. A Joel Embiid, your other star, he had 7 turnovers. When your two stars could buy for um, um, 14 turnovers, that's a problem, and that's a credit to the Wizards. No Wizard last night was over 4 turnovers, which is beautiful. Jan Mahimi had five steals. He only played, uh, he played 25 minutes. And guess how many fouls he had, people? He had one foul. Only one foul from Jan Mahimi in 25 minutes of play. That might be the formula. I think the Wizards are one and oh, I can, I can, I can, um, confidently say the Wizards are one and oh when Jan Mahimi plays 20 plus minutes, only has one foul, and has a plus minus. Of 11. That, that has to be an anomaly. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen in the history of me being a Wizards fan, um, spectator, and uh, since Jan's been in D.C. That's just unprecedented. But that just went to show how everything was going right for the Wizards last night. Now, you know, I'm not always hunky-dory. Y'all call me Debbie Downer for a reason. So I definitely have to bring some light to something that uh, Chase Hughes tweeted out today and something that I had been thinking about right after the game ended because the Wizards were up by 18, or I think it was 16 or 18 with five minutes to go, and um, Bill was still in the game. Bradley played 37 minutes last night. So I was like, okay, can we get Bill out the game? Can we feel as though we're good enough to close this game out with some other guys on the court? Brett Brown had taken the starters out. He waved the red, the white flag. Why is Bill playing so many minutes? So I was like, let me – I had his class today and all this stuff. Like, let me look up some stats about his minutes. And my boy Chase, shout out to Chase, um, <clears throat> Chase who's from NBC Sports Washington. He definitely um, – he beat me to it. But he said, Bradley Bill leads the NBA in minutes with 1,538. He is on pace to log 3,002 this season. And um, that's it's ridiculous. And he had a tweet that he did take down because one of his numbers was wrong. But he said that the last person to have this many minutes at this point in the season or something of that nature was Kevin Durant. And subsequently, it was when KD was getting coached by Scott Brooks. So we see what Scott Brooks does because he lacks um, skill in offense philosophy and play setting and play calling and things of that nature. This is a fundamental XO team with decent rotations. He leans so heavily on the starters, which caused them to get burnt out. And um, yes, you have guys like KD that can go and get it every night. Russell, that can go and get it every night. Bradley Bill, John Wall, they can go and get it every night. But you see what happens when they go and get it every night, 35, 40 minutes a, a game. Um, they get hurt. They get burnt out. I mean, uh, Wall's been dealing with bone spurs for quite some time. But you got KD. He was dealing with foot injuries. He was dealing with a lot of stuff because he was playing so many minutes. And it's just how – it's crazy how history just repeats itself. So, um, yeah, I definitely would love to see Bill get his minutes down. I do not like – what I'm seeing from the fan voting, which is kind of a turn from what I was just talking about. But what I was trying to say is, and I said this in the last podcast, is you got to um, you gotta get him into the All-Star game and then you got to rest him. Rest him, get him, some, get him some games off, give him some rest nights, and allow him to just chill after he gets into the second consecutive All-Star game. But right now, I think the fan voting has um, Goran Dragic, Jeremy Lin, Zach Levine. All three of those guys are beating him in fan votes right now. Bill is at 168, Dragic has 191, Lynn has 200, and Zach Levine has 330. So I'm pretty confident to say that Bill is better than all three of those guys. I would say he's better than Kyle Lowry as well. Um, the only real competition he would have is, you know, the top five, which is Kyrie, uh, 
Kimball Walker, Ben Simmons, and Victor Oladipo. And they have D-Wade up there, but you know D-Wade's going to get the fan votes anyway because, you know, it's his last season, last hoorah. So who knows how that will end up. But, yeah. I'm still sticking with my plan, man. It wasn't got to stop winning so much, but I, so that means I need to predict them to win the next few games, the next five games, so they can go on a, a five-game losing streak and uh, get this draft pick because the season is done, man. And I'm, I predicted this, uh, what, a few, maybe a month or two ago, maybe probably a month or, yeah, probably a month and a half ago, I said Dwight Howard is most likely done for the year, and we haven't heard any word from him, and there's absolutely no reason why he would come back to this team um, this season, especially when you have nothing to play for, and you have a second-year player option, so he'll just opt in, get his cast next year, and try over um, after people forget about what he did and or what he didn't do on Instagram. So, yeah, that was right on time, 10 minutes and 3 seconds. That's my spiel. Um, you know I have to leave. I can't leave without saying um, – a few things. Troy Brown needs more minutes. What else, what, else, what else do I say? Troy Brown needs more minutes. Scott Brooks is not um, a good coach in terms of his strategy and his play calling. And am I missing anything else? Um, nope. I think that's it. Um, yeah, you know where to find me at TOQM underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Leave me your thoughts, your opinions, constructive criticism, all that. Just leave that on our voicemail or you can leave it on the Locked On Wizards podcast or just bring that heat directly to me. So I don't know if I'm going first or second. So if I am at the end of the podcast, DC DC family, I'm out of here. And if I'm not, be prepared for the Becca MVP coming up. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Next. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I am Becca, MVP, you just heard from Quentin Mayo. I almost forgot his last name because I cannot pronounce it to save my life. At T-O-Q-M underscore. And today I have a special guest with me, Mr. Ben Standig from NBC Washington. Ben, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, but I'm confused. You don't know how to pronounce mayo as in like <laughs> mayonnaise? I, I, don't, I don't know why i struggle quentin gives me a very hard time with this because i always say mayo instead of mayo like it's it's i I don't know why i don't know what's the reasoning for it but my brain is not trained to say it um correctly so (laughs) it's actually disrespectful but and i do apologize quentin i know he's going to listen to this and be like why are you doing this again after a thousand podcasts of saying it correctly i've gone back to saying it incorrectly anyways well, I, I, was, I was having a conversation earlier today with somebody who 
couldn't pronounce Sadoransky, I had to finally just like step in every time they tried. They just literally they couldn't say it. So, you know, I, I, I get it. Sometimes we just trip over over some things. But Mayo, that is uh, that's something you may need to look into one day. I know it, it is pretty. The, maybe you can go to the Mayo Clinic and figure out why what the problem is. <laughs> um, anyways, like to say sorry to my boy Quentin. Today, um, we're just going to do a quick rundown, our reactions to the Sixers game that happened yesterday. They did get a win, 106 to 123, um, which is kind of nice to make up for the fact that they did lose to the Sixers to um, the night prior. So they had two, uh, two games back-to-back. Ben, do you feel like the effort was a lot higher than the first time that they played? Meaning, like, the night before. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think that, I think the Wizards' effort has been pretty, uh, fairly consistent of late, which is, you couldn't have said that most of this year. So, um, you know, I, look, a, a back-to-back is kind of weird. The same opponent's kind of weird. It didn't seem like Philly really came out full four. And, um, you know, look, the Wizards made shots, you know, I, I, I'm not saying they played perfect, but, like, all the things that they need to have happen, they have a very small margin of error because they're, they're so short-handed these days. So everything seemed to work, and Phillies didn't, other than Embiid, just didn't have too much going on. But forget that. Nobody cares about this game. We're all sort of bored with the season right now. I have a question. I'm, I'm just gonna, I like to hijack the podcast whenever I come on. So <laughs> that now. Yeah, he loves doing that. So Yeah, so, like, I, I'm curious, like, from, like, the fans out there, because as somebody who covers the team, like, we're only midway through the year. But it does reach a point in, this, in every season where you're just sort of like run out of steam and run out of energy, and I kind of feel like that's happened to me and some others on the beat. And I think right now it's because, like, the, I mean, the first few weeks were just so chaotic. I mean, all the all the different things happening, the, the, the terrible losses, the, the report, the fight, that you know, they, they make a trade that gets canceled, and they make a trade that happens, and all these other things. And then John Wall gets hurt. But, but now it's been like seven games, six or seven games since John Wall got hurt, or we learned he would be out for the year. And, and it's like, okay, so the sort of excitement of that has worn off, and now it's kind of like, all right, well, this is where they're at, and, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. They're not bad, but, you know, realistically, they're not going to get some crazy run and go deep. So, like, I'm, I think we're all kind of hitting a lull. Is that where the fan base is at this point? Is everybody sort of like, Eh, or is everybody more excited, angsty, or, you know, what's the deal? Well, it's it's a lot of mixed emotions. I think fans, true fans, will always stick to the team, and, you know, no matter what the case is. So people are still watching the games. People are enjoying um, seeing Thomas Bryant play. They desperately want um, Troy Brown to get more minutes. And they're just eager to see if any changes are going to happen beyond the trades that transpired last year with Jason Smith and Kelly Oubre. And, yeah, because otherwise they know, you know, John Wall is out for the rest of the season. Dwight Howard, there's a chance that he might not come back. You know, it's it's pretty um, uncertain, like, the state of the team. So it's it's hard to stay motivated, but the fans – I mean, they're still excited to see these guys play, and they I think they are hoping that, you know, they they can prove themselves. And for, for the most part, some parts um, of the season they have proved themselves. But 
I can say that it's very difficult being a fan right now. Uh, yeah, but on the, I will say this, though. On the other hand, it is far more enjoyable, like, actually watching a game. Like, as somebody who has to watch them, like, it was really getting painful to watch these constant slow starts that get behind 8 nothing, 14-2, whatever it was. You know, the other team, you know, blitzing them up on the court. You know, even if the Wizards made a little bit of a comeback, they'd fall apart. Uh, that, that was getting so old. At least I feel like the, the situation now, like they have an interesting group of guys in that they're, they look like they're a little more cohesive, that they're more efficient. And, look, the reality is that they are trying harder, or at least maybe it's not they're not actually trying harder. It just looks like it. And so from at least that perspective, it's more enjoyable. And I actually do think there's a lot at stake over the next 40 games, regardless of the playoffs. I forget that. But I actually writing something on NBC Sports Washington that's sort of about this. But these next 40 games, on some, at least on a small level, but maybe a big one, I think are actually could determine where this franchise goes beyond this season and uh, in, in a few different ways. So I think there's actually a lot to pay attention to. We can get into it if you want. But, um, but right now it just feels like, oh, man. And I, I fear it's going to be even worse after the trading deadline because then you're going to like, whatever happens, either they sold players off, they didn't or whatever, it's like, oh, man, that, now what are we doing? But who knows? Maybe, maybe they get hot. Maybe they make a playoff push. Maybe, maybe there's a reason to have a uh, – Lockdown Wizards podcast on the road from Toronto in week one, in, in the first round of the playoffs. Who knows? Well, I do um, hope that part of your article has something to do with Thomas Bryant, maybe. I mean, he's, for a lot of fans, he's been the light of this season in a sense that he was talent that we did not see coming. Uh, so, spoiler, almost nothing I wrote has to do with Thomas Bryant. But that's oh, not, no. That's not his, yeah, but that's okay. It's not his fault. It's more like sort of bigger picture stuff. I mean, he gets mentioned a little bit, but not a ton. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, well, as, as you know, because you're a big fan of me on Twitter, at Ben Sandick, you like to follow me there <laughs> to talk to me, you, you know that I also cover the Redskins. Uh, and so I made a comment like early in the season of like, boy, can you imagine what the Redskins would look like if they hadn't signed Adrian Peterson? Because, you know, at the time, none of us knew what that would mean. Can you imagine if the Wizards didn't have Thomas Bryant? Which is crazy, right? Because when the season started, you got Dwight Howard, you got Yamahini, you got Jason Smith, and you got Thomas Bryant, who, you know, who, who knew for sure what was going to happen? And, and, you know, Scott Brooks wasn't playing him early in the season, even when Dwight Howard was hurt the first time. I mean, look, he's not Joel Embiid, he's not, uh, you know, an all-star, but, boy, he's been a, 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 he, he's been a big help, and he's just been fun. I, I think it was sort of to the point, like, in a season of just so many down uh, doldrums, downturns, whatever, he, he has been a source of light, I think, as you said. He's been up, he's upbeat, he's energetic, um, he, he's running up and down the court. He does give them a different presence inside that they haven't had in some time. I, I don't know where he's going, but I, I, I do think, He's, he's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I do wonder, but between him and, and Sadoransky, the Wizards are going to have some interesting off-season financial decisions that can match any offer sheet these guys sign, but there's also becomes a point where they may not be able to. So interesting to see what the marketplace is. It may not be a big deal for Bryant, but it could be depending on what happens in the last 40 games. 
you do bring some good points as always. Um, yeah, it's it's hard because this season um, this season has been a difficult one to watch, but um, I guess if you want to give us maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert, like what do you think the fans should be looking for what, when watching these games for the rest of the season? Because we are halfway over. Um, well, I think if you're in the arena at Capital One, you should be looking at Blogger Row to see if Becca is paying attention to the game or if she's on Twitter. I think that's important. <laughs> Blogger do Row. People, like, see, do, do people see you there and like come by and like want to take pictures? Or how does that work? Or do you like no, have, I do find you have, like, security I, to keep you out? I find my friends and I, I hang out with them and I spend time with them. Um, I, I love being, I will say I do love being in the arena because I do get to interact with people in person that, um, I talk to online quite frequently. So I, I, I love being at the games. Like that's my home away from home. Sure. I can, I can appreciate that. Well, so, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're a big, uh, you're a big star. People like to, uh, you know, see, uh, you know, see and be seen with you, um, so all right, I'll, I'll get back to your actual question of stuff being goofy. Uh, I would say, I mean, there's a bunch of things to look at, but I think one of the most interesting things is, so last year, obviously, we had the whole everybody eats thing, and, you know, the Wizards, their best basketball of last season, you know, did come in the stretch when John Wall was out, and uh, the Wizards were pretty good there. You know, for, for a bit, things faded down a stretch just for, for a variety of reasons, but, you know, they, they were largely... By and large, last year, the record was fairly close whether they had John Wall or they didn't. Right. Now, we've reached a point where a, a, a year and a half, so over the last year and a half, the Wizards are going, so this is after the Philadelphia win, the Wizards are now one game over 500 without John Wall and like five games under with John Wall. And last year was sort of dismissed to some degree because everybody was just waiting for Wall to come back where they're going to make the playoffs and all that. Well, he, we know he's not coming back, and whether they make the playoffs or not is not necessarily indicative of, of, of what's left. I mean, at some point, you just become shorthanded, and there's only so much you can do. However, if the Wizards continue to sort of play the way they have been right now, you know, look, wins over Oklahoma City and Philadelphia are no joke. And, you know, they, they've been this year without John Wall, I want to say, like two games over 500. It's only like six or seven games, whatever it is, eight games. If this continues for the rest of the season, the last 40 games, uh, things could change if they make, if they trade people away at the deadline. But if this keeps up, if Bradley Beal and Otto Porter in particular are leading a team that's highly competitive, that's winning games, even if it's just 500, that's not bad considering how shorthanded they are. I think you have to, if you're the Wizards, for real, you have to figure out how to get John Wall to buy in to an offense in which the ball moves around more. Because if you want to have the Wizards have a big three, then you have to take the Bradley Beal and the Otto Porter you have now and combine it with John Wall at his best. And that's something they haven't been able to do. I think, and I believe Bradley Beal thinks, because he said this to me and I wrote about this the other day, that if they do keep this up, that there will be changes next season. I, I mean, I, I think there could be an attempt to. I don't know if it actually works. So I think, I, I guess my, my, my thing to watch is, if the Wizards can keep this up, whether you want to call it everybody eats or Paul movement or whatever, if they can keep this up and, and not crater, you'll have a, it'll be, be, be pretty solid. You do have to wonder if next year somebody, either the coaching staff or management or whatever, 
gets with the three of them and says, hey, we have to play this way. How are we going to make this work? I think that's something to keep an eye on. Well, you bring up a good point um, in a sense that, so when we're looking at this season, are they determining, you know, if the playing style should change based off of wins and losses or just the overall productivity of all the players as a whole? Uh, I mean, what, what wins and losses are obviously important, but honestly, I think it's just going to be the competitiveness. I mean, they the worst part about this first half of the season was just how uncompetitive they were so many times. I mean, look, you, you're going to lose sometimes, and, and uh, you know, the other teams are going to have their, their big nights and whatever, but, like, the amount of times the Wizards have looked so flat or out of it or disinterested or disorganized or whatever, uh, but, every, but, but seemingly whenever... Again, I'm not saying it's John Wall's fault, but when he's been out of the lineup and they get back to this you know, ball movement, everybody gets involved type situation, their overall effort level goes up. And I think Otto Porter and Otto Porter and Sadoransky are the two guys who I think in particular seem to raise their game in these spots because these are two guys who by their sort of DNA play with this ball movement, everybody you know, contributing type style. And that's the thing, right? How many times have we heard people say Otto Porter, oh, he's overpaid, Otto Porter's not good enough, or whatever. We can quibble about the money, but the larger point is when he's, get, when he's put in position to do the things he can do, as we're starting to see now, as we saw last year, too, he can do a lot of stuff. It's just that you're not giving him the – you're not getting the full value of him in the way things were going before. And I'm not saying that it's all John Wall. Maybe Otto Porter needs to be more aggressive – when John Wall's in there, whatever it is, but that's what they have to figure out. I mean, the the the, the, the secret to Golden State that nobody really talks about is that the four players they have a because, partly because they're unselfish, but the four the four best players they play a, a style in such that Golden State is getting the maximum out of all of them. They're not asking any of them to play less. Whereas, like say, like in Miami, like Chris Bosh had to take a backseat. LeBron, he had to pull back his game because of LeBron's presence. The Wizards have not been able to figure out how to get John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter playing at, the high, at their highest levels at the same time. It's possible, but it comes down to John Wall being less ball dominant and the ball moving, and that's the big question. So uh, I don't remember what your question was, but hopefully I remotely uh, answered it. If I just filibustered for a couple minutes, well, hopefully you're recording. <laughs> I am still recording, and you did answer my question. Tomorrow night we do play the Bucks. Sunday we do play the Raptors. We're going to have an intense schedule coming up. We do play the Warriors on the 24th, so it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll truly be a test. You know, a lot of the players have said this is a test for them to see, you know, how competitive they really are. So I think um, what you're discussing is perfectly in line with the situation at hand. So I'm looking forward to that article. Uh, that makes two of us. I, I, uh, I don't know when it's going to be online, but uh, we'll figure something out. Um, you know, I, I'm not good with deadlines. I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a motivate. Are you good with deadlines? Uh, yes and no. So it depends on um, what it is and how much I want to finish it or if I even want to do it at all like cleaning my room if I plan to like for example tonight I plan to have my room clean before I go to bed but that is not realistic so yeah you know what that's just the way 
life goes, but I think this podcast is about done. Ben, I want to thank you so much for coming back on to your, um, you're like a alumni from Lockdown Wizards. So I want to thank you for taking the time to come back on the podcast. I'm Becca MVP. Quentin is at TOQM underscore. Ben Standig is Ben Standig. You all know who he is. And we will see you soon. Baby, could you? I got too much on my mind right now. I ain't got the time to get you sent right now. I got too much on my mind right now. Tell that hero tale, get my baby back Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.